Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will teach us on how God can provide every lost sinner new spiritual clothing. This message is available for free download at friendshipwithgod.org. Now, here's some highlights from this week's messages. Adam is standing there in amazement. There's amazement on his face. Now, why is Adam amazed? In a very real sense, we look at Adam's amazement at what was done for him and that he did nothing, and we say, that's what happened to me. And like the hymn says, nothing in my hand I bring, simply to thy cross I cling, naked come to thee for dress, helpless run to thee for grace. Now here's Tom Cantor as we finish our Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday Genesis series for this week. Now this is what God does. God's in the clothing business. He's a tailor. And and he's in the covering business. And he's covering the shame of nakedness. That's the way God deals with sin. He covers it. And when it happens, it comes with a great relief. Like a big burden off your back. It brings relief. And that's what we colored Adam there. Covering of sin is so important to God that he made a day called the Day of Covering. Did you know that? This is what we talked about in Leviticus 23, 27. The tenth day of the seventh month, there shall be a day of, it says, atonement. The word is Kippur. It's Yom Kippur. It's the day of covering. You know, Kippur comes from the word Kippah. A little yarmulke, Kippah, okay? So you picture that. It's a, the day of of Kippur, the Yom Kippur, the day of covering is the day of covering the sins. Lots of sins need lots of coverings. It doesn't say Yom Kippur, it says Yom Kippurim. You need a lot of coverings, a lot of coverings, a lot of sins. I needed a lot of coverings. Maybe you didn't need somebody. I needed a lot. So that's what God said. Day of coverings. Now, so you picture Adam's look of relief and you look at when we got saved And you say with King David, boy, there's one word to describe how I feel about being covered, about having the sins covered. And it's in Psalm 32.1, where where David, king of Israel, says, blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Whose sin is covered. Now the next picture of Adam and Eve. Standing there. And that's the word, and we just t- said it. Blessed means happy. So this is the word of happiness. Now get your crayon out and you color, color Adam happy. Uh, Adam and Eve, both happy, very happy. Happiness. Why? Because verse 21 says, The Lord God made the coats of skins. So let's get this straight in our minds with Adam there. And now I want you to picture him just sitting there kind of rubbing his, those skins. It's nice, you know, very nice. And he, he's, he's rubbing the skins, and, the, and as he's rubbing the skins, he's very happy. Color him happy. He's very, very happy. Why? Because God not only made them, but he clothed them. The last two words, verse 21. He clothed them. So he's, he's, he's really happy. He's a happy, he's a happy man. Uh, he's a happy camper there. He's got this tremendous smile on his face. Because those coats of skin are not anything, he says, like I made. They don't look, no. They're better. 
much better, nicer. And, and he says, I'm glad I'm not wearing those silly things anymore. But you know the message that he's thinking about? He's kind of like this, nice, nice, nice. He's, he's, he's thinking, you know why this coat's so special? God made it for me. God made this coat for me. And then his smile gets bigger. And he says, wow. He said, I made that for myself. God made these clothes for me. And as he's sitting there thinking about it, okay, now turn to Isaiah chapter 61, verse 10, because he's sitting there with that thought in his mind. And Isaiah had that same thought in his mind also. So we'll see how Isaiah put it. Isaiah 61. Sitting there smiling, says, wow, these are nice coats because God made them for me. See, the lapel says, where's the lapel? God. See, he made it. Okay. All right, now, Isaiah 61.10. Isaiah the prophet says, I will greatly rejoice, very happy, in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful, just bubbling over in my God. Why? He hath clothed me. He clothed me, just like Adam. He hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decketh himself as ornaments and as a bride adorneth herself with her jewels. In fact, Adam and Isaiah, they could sing a duet together. This song's a duet. They could sing that duet. They could stand right up here and they would say, we will greatly rejoice in the Lord. Our soul shall be joyful in our God because he hath covered us. We could sing that song. We won't try. But anyway, we can sing that song because he covered us with the garments of salvation and with the robe of righteousness. That's wonderful. That's why we're to be so happy, like Adam sitting there, like Paul, and be found in him, Philippians 3, 9. Not having my own righteousness, of those aprons down there, which is of the law, but that which is of the faith, the righteousness which is of God, came from God, through the lapel from God. In those days, Jeremiah 33, 16, Jeremiah says, in those days shall Judah be saved and Jerusalem shall dwell safely. And this is the name wherewith shall be called the Lord, our righteousness. See my code? The Lord, our righteousness. So that's why in Romans 13, 14, Paul says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a wonderful phrase, isn't it? Put you on the Lord Jesus Christ. Every morning when we get up, put on our clothes. Every, you know, we just had the, the, the uh, breaking of the bread here, and we did something that reminded us of the death of the Lord. Every morning that we get up, put our clothes on, that should remind us of the privilege we have to be clothed with God's provided clothing, which is the Lord Jesus Christ himself, the lamb that was slain for us. And so you now you picture Adam, he's very happy. You picture Isaiah, he's happy. It's talking about greatly rejoicing. And Adam could sit there and say, you know what? I don't understand everything about these clothes I'm wearing. But I know one thing that just makes me very, very happy. And that is, God gave this to me. He gave, I don't understand everything about how in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and, and he was in the world and made, the world was made by him and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, his own received him not. The word was made flesh. I don't understand everything about it. But one thing I understand is that these clothes that I so desperately needed came from God and God provided them to me. And that makes me so happy. 
And all I got to do is just submit to him and let him take off those stupid clothes that I had on that weren't good anyways and put on his provided clothes. That's all I had to do. All I got to do is throw down the, the weapons of my rebellion against God, stop telling God how good I am, and, and, and just come and receive him as my God and my Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, just like Adam received the clothes. That's all I got to do. And then you can say, in this provision of God, I'm so happy because I got all I need. It covers my sin. It, settles, it satisfies my debt. with. It's just wonderful, just wonderful. Now, Adam could have protested, and he could have said, to, you know, I like my aprons of fig leaves. You know, I made these. It's the first aprons I made, and I don't appreciate that I have to take them off right now. And, if the, the, and I don't care what clothes you made for me. These are my clothes. And I made them, see? It says there, Adam, made by Adam. They're mine. He could have done that. And he could, he could have been like Cain. He could have went out from the presence of the Lord and said, you keep your clothes. I'm keeping my clothes. He could have. And you can just imagine God saying to Adam, what God said to the Jewish people, and we've covered it before in Isaiah 1, 18 through 19, where God says, come now, let's reason together. In other words, your sins be as scarlet, they'll be white as snow. They'll be like crimson, they'll be as wool. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the, fat, the good of the land. I always put the fat of the land. I eat, like to eat fat, but anyway. That you eat the good of the land. If you refuse and rebel, you'll be devoured with the sword. The mouth of the Lord has spoken it. So, in other words, that passage in Isaiah 1 is the here's the deal verse, verses, okay? That's God speaking. Here's the deal. Okay, God says, here's the deal, Adam. Have a seat. Adam says, have a, God says, have a seat. Here's the deal. You, you're wretched, you're miserable, you're poor, you're blind, you're naked. Apart from that, you're fine. <laughs> Me, I want to give you gold, and you stop your poverty, make you rich. I want to give you white raiment. Stop your nakedness. Clothe you. I want to give you eye salve. Stop your blindness. Give you sight. The deal is, if you be willing and obedient, it's all yours. It's all yours, Adam, if you're willing and obedient. There's an R and R, which is the next verse. R and R is refuse and rebel. If you refuse and rebel, you lose it all. You lose it all, and you will be destroyed. And Adam, he just had to say, yes, Lord. That's all he had to do. And let God take those, those, his clothes off and put the, God's clothes on him. Exactly the same offer is made to every lost son of Adam today. He re-speaks the same thing. God says, here's the deal. And he says exactly the same thing. Jewish person, Gentile person, have a seat. Here's the deal. God talks. You're poor, miserable, wretched, blind, naked. If you agree, then we're, we can go to the next step. And he gives you everything. And I'm offering you to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. You do, it's all yours. You don't, you'll be destroyed. Your choice. Willing, obedient, or R&R, refuse and rebel. You choose. Now, the part that was so precious for Adam was that it says in Genesis 37.3, Israel, that Jacob, Jacob loved Joseph 
more than all his children. What did he do for him? He made a coat of many colors, right? And he says, what I said, because he was the son of his old age and he made him a coat of many colors. And that coat of many colors that uh, his father, Jacob, had made, Joseph loved that coat. And he used to walk around in that coat and look at that coat and said, this is a great coat. Because every time I look at this coat, you know what I remember about this coat? I remember my father made it for me. It's the coat my father made for me. This coat tells me how much my father loves me. And I love to look at this coat. That's, that was, that was uh, Joseph, you know. And um, his brothers really appreciated it when he did that. But uh, <clears throat> it doesn't matter. When he looked at that coat, it was like, wow, I'm so loved by my father. I love this coat. Because the father, my father loved it. The Lord Jesus Christ is our, is our coat. He's our coat that God made for us. He, you, know, you know who the Lord Jesus Christ is? For God so loved the world that he gave us a coat. His son, his only begotten son. So that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And wearing the Lord Jesus Christ, our, not only our sins are forgiven, but we, as we take time, as we take time to look at the Lord Jesus Christ, especially in the service before in the, in the breaking of the bread time, and we remember, it's like Joseph looking down at his coat and says, oh, my father loves me so much. When we come to the table, we look at the table and say, oh, my father loves me so much. He gave his son. It's the coat. And, Adam, and then when Adam left the garden, you know what he left with? Just the coat. Hey, he didn't have a basket. You know, so, wait a second, we got to get some fruit here before we go. Okay, just wait a minute, God. And he didn't do that. He, he was actually had to leave a little bit hastily, fast, but nevertheless, um, he left the garden with the coat. Color him content. He's saying, you know, I may have to leave this garden, but I got the coat. I got the coat, and I'm leaving with the coat. You know what our goal should be in life? We should be ready to die. And we've had a lot of death recently, more than we like to think about. We should be ready to die at any time and say with Adam, I may leave this garden, but I got the coat. And, 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 and say, I may leave this life, but I got the coat. I got the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll leave it all behind. I don't care, because I got the coat. Philippians 3, 8, yea, doubtless, and I count all things, especially that. Loss, that fig leaf apron. Loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. That's the coat. For whom I have suffered the all, thing, all things, and do count them but dung, so I can have the coat. With, with the Lord Jesus Christ as my coat, I'm ready to leave. I'm ready to leave. That's very, very important. And that's the picture of contentment. And so another thing, the last we're going to finish with this, that Adam said, boy, you know, it's a bad thing I did, you know, in the garden, and I got some punishment coming as well, and but one thing this coat tells me, God is for me. And when I look at this coat, I say to myself, if God be for me, yeah, what difference does it make who is against me? Or who can be against me? But, you know, who, what? If God be for me. That coat. So color him content. Because he looks at that coat and he says those words. Father, thank you so much for providing Adam with the coat. Lord, thank you for providing us with the coat. And Lord, help us to be like Adam and to stand and look at the coat in amazement that God did that. 
to stand and look at the coat, happy because our nakedness is covered and we're clothed in the garments of salvation and the robe of righteousness. To look at the coat, content, and say, I got everything I need with this coat. Look at the coat and see the Father's love. Look at the coat and see that you are for us and not against us. Thank you, Lord, for making the coat. In Jesus' name, amen. Tom, today you talked about God providing spiritual clothing. Now, when I open presents sometimes, I get clothing, and I say to myself, there's no way that I'm going to wear what I was just given. You know, but I don't want to hurt their feelings, so I'll say how nice it is, and I, I know that I'm just going to hang it in the closet or put it in a drawer. But is there a spiritual application here? Because I know we can do the same thing with the spiritual clothes that God has given us. Well, yeah, absolutely. And we've all had that experience. And I have in my closet clothes that people have given to me. And I never wanted to be honest and say, there's no way I'm going to wear that. But, but they hang there. That is a very good analogy. It's a very good picture because it really is a very grave danger. You know, it's one thing to receive clothing, and we've all received clothing, and say, okay, there's no way I'm going to wear that, but just to be nice, we just take it. It's very important we never do that with God. Because if God says, here's the clothing that you need, we need to change our opinion about spiritual clothing if we don't think that that's good to wear. And when God says to us, look, the shame of your nakedness, the shame of your sin. You know, Adam was not clothed until he sinned. But before he sinned, he was naked in the garden. There was no shame. He didn't talk about shame. There was no shame because he hadn't sinned. But after he sinned, he said, I knew that I was naked. And he was, he felt the shame and the guilt of his sin, which just was accentuated by him him being naked, and therefore he knew that he had to be clothed. But it wasn't a case really where he needed to be clothed just physically. He needed to be covered from his sin needed to be covered, and that was the great importance of what God did for him. But God has given to us garments of salvation. That's what it means in Isaiah 61.10, where Isaiah said, I'll greatly rejoice in the Lord, and my soul shall be joyful in my God, for he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness. You know, what's really important in those verses are this emphasis that I was making there, where it says, it's God that has clothed us, and he's, clo- he's given us the present of the garments of salvation. The garments of salvation is the Lord Jesus Christ himself, and he has given him to us, as it says in, in John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that's the Lord Jesus Christ. So because these clothes come from God, because they are the God's garments of salvation, none of us made up this plan of salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ dying on the cross. That came from God. None of us had any power, as Paul said, to pull God down from heaven. That God came himself of his own volition to be saved. None of us had any input into how God was going to save us. God announced to us how he was going to save us. And the garments of salvation come directly from God. And our responsibility is to say, I will be clothed with those garments of salvation. I will not, like it, like you mentioned, 
just take this gift of garment salvation, hang it in my closet and never be clothed with it. Oh, no, no, no. That's why he said, whosoever confesses me before men, him will I confess before my Father which is in heaven. What does it mean to be clothed with the garments of salvation? It means to confess him before men. That's why Paul said, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you will be saved. When we confess with our mouth, when we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth, then we've put on the Lord Jesus Christ. When we have taken off the clothing of darkness, when we have said, we'll turn from sin, we'll turn from idolatry, we'll turn to the Lord Jesus Christ, then we put on the garments of salvation and God's and God says, that's what you're supposed to do. And God forbid that we should ever be saved, so to speak. In other words, call on men to be saved and become a silent Christian, not putting on the garments of salvation, just hanging them in our closet, as you were saying, not wanting to hurt God's feelings, to say, well, yes, I'm a Christian, especially when we go in the hospital and they say, what religion are you? Well, just tick that box that says, I'm a Christian. And then, you know, but don't say, it never confess the Lord Jesus Christ, never, never openly speak of him, never confess him before man. That's having the garment of salvation hanging in the closet and not putting it on because it is God that has covered us with the robe of righteousness, and that's God's robe of righteousness. Therefore, we are to put him on. And thank the Lord for our garments of salvation that he's given us as a free gift and that we have that willful opportunity to receive him. That is definitely interesting. But you know, every morning I, when I get clothed, I go through the same routine. I walk into the closet or look in the drawers and I choose what clothes I'm going to wear. Now, is there also a parallel for us as Christians to the process of choosing what we'll wear, as you kind of alluded to a little bit ago. Absolutely. And you know, it says this in, a, in Isaiah 64, 6, and think about this in exactly the way that you just mentioned it. Because here in Isaiah 64, 6, remember now, we just read Isaiah 61, 10, which spokes about, he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation, he hath covered me with the robe of righteousness. But here it says in Isaiah 64, 6, we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses, as opposed to God's righteousnesses, are as filthy rags, filthy rags. In other words, we come, if we come to God with, a, with our own works, oh God, look what I did for you, look how great I am, may I recount for you this good work I did and that good work for you, those God calls filthy rags. And when we go and we are proud of what we've done, when we recite to God what we have done, we have chosen to put the garment of salvation from us, his robe of righteousness, his garments of salvation, and instead we put on filthy rags of our own works. That's a choice that we make, just like you make the choice every morning when you go to the closet or the drawers to choose what clothes you're going to wear. We make that same choice. Are we going to trust in our own works, which is putting on filthy rags, or are we going to say, it's not what I have done that's going to get me into heaven, but we gladly let God clothe us with the garments of his salvation, with the robe of his righteousness. You know, it says in Romans 3.12, just like you would consider um, 
when you're sleeping and you have your night, your pajamas on, it says the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. So what that's making an analogy to is the saying before we came to the Lord Jesus Christ, we were asleep. We were asleep in works of darkness. And now he says, just as an analogy, when you wake up, you take off your pajamas, you take off your night clothes and you put on your clothes of day. He says, cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. That's why he said in Romans 13, 14, a little bit on, but put later on, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. And then in Ephesians 4, 24, it says, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. And later on in Ephesians 6, 11, he talks about putting on the whole armor of God. That's also part of the clothing that God has provided for us. These are This is clothing of defense and of offense, but there's no clothing for the back when it comes to the whole armor of God because God gives us a boldness to face our enemy, not to turn around and run for our enemy. And so he says, put on the whole armor of God that you may stand against the wiles of the devil. In other words, that you may face the wiles of the devil and to be victorious. All of this wonderful is clothing by God, and it's so wonderful, and we're grateful he's given it to us. Thank you for joining us today. Now, what are the most frequently asked questions that Jewish people have? Tom Cantor has written a book called Frequently Asked Questions by Jewish People. This book will help you better reach lost Jewish people, as well as know your Bible doctrine better and contend for the faith with anyone that you encounter. With nearly 60 pages of questions and notes and answers, it'll help you to show the doctor and character and deity of the Lord Jesus Christ as you've never seen it before and as many others haven't seen it before either, especially from the Old Testament. If you'd like to obtain a copy of this book, call us today at 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. We've got other Tom Cantor resources, materials, books, and videos as well, so call us today, 1-800-247-3051, or go to friendshipwithgod.org. Thanks for listening.